You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. You are listening to The Culture Radio, only on The Culture. Another wonderful day, another holiday weekend. I hope everybody... uh had turkey and great food or whatever you like. Personally, if I don't have turkey, I'm happy. I like turkey, but during the year, I get it in an omelet with Swiss cheese and spinach. Turkey's abundant. But I had everything other than turkey yesterday, especially small group of people, no more than three, and uh, had them all cleared dip them in lye and everything else. Anyway, you've got to be careful. We're going to see an explosion in the next couple of weeks on top of what's already going on. I guess humanity only learns when they suffer is what it is, so so be it. I don't want it to happen, but it will. This week, the uh, topic was kind of easy. You know, we had so many great songs back in the 50s and 60s. So the title of this week is Who's Sorry Now? And then check, check. Let's check off all the boxes and make sure we know what's going on. Make sure we bring people to justice or wherever else. Make sure we bring justice to the people. Because it's going to be a tough road The president, or the guy who I don't think is president, had already had his buddy, probably Stephen Miller, plotting how he's going to take over more of the government when he gets reelected. So when he found out that he didn't win, he just kept arguing that. But while he wasn't out in public, he's been working on taking all of the Stephen Miller programs to take over the government, and in the last month, He's been putting them all in, which includes getting rid of from thousands to hundreds of thousands of federal employees, because we have a few million federal employees. Forget the Army and the military. So one of the main things was to get rid of them and push party loyalists in there who will remember, Trump wants everybody to kiss his ring and be loyal to him. He tells you that he's chosen. He tells you that he's the be-all and end-all. And if he can't prove it to you, he'll make you believe it when he takes over everything. So 
when he puts the new employees in, he's going to classify them so Biden can't get rid of them easily the way he did without looking like he's firing a bunch of normal human beings, which are Trump loyalists that he put in there who are not the people who normally are needed to run our government. So Biden's going to have a lot to do. I personally, if it were me, every time because Trump didn't give access to the press to ask what they wanted or needed to know, and as he did even just recently in the last week, looked at him, I'm the president. You don't speak to me that way. Excuse me? That's a king or a dictator answering like that. Bottom line is that what Biden should be saying every time the press asks him, why is this? Why isn't that? I said, you had a criminal in here who altered the government in many ways that you guys didn't even notice or report on because he kept following his antics, not what he was really doing, accomplishing the takeover of our government. So there's going to be a lot of cleaning up. And if I'm Biden, I just say, go ask Donald. Let him answer you why he changed that. I now have to clean up. He came in and told you, under the psychological theory of projection, that he inherited a mess when he took over the government. Perfectly operating government, on the way up, unemployment down, stock market up, and he told you that he's just made it better. He's made it worse. He didn't have a, a risk because of uh, a bad market or stupid moves or war. He just did it out of meanness because he knows that the day he leaves office and tells you everything was great, next week he's going to tell you that, see what Joe Biden did to your government? And now the vaccine's out and the market's over 30,000. Had you kept me there, we'd be rolling along. You let that little pandemic get in the way of your love of me? So, folks, it's going to be a hard ride, and he's going to try and push it for three, four years. And Joe's going to have to fight with Mitch McConnell and the rest. The only thing that will allow us to make serious progress is, again, as I've said, the Georgia election. If we win the two senatorial seats, we can kind of hamstring Mitch McConnell, who has been doing nothing except setting himself up for being wealthier, him and his wife. So it's not over. People, you know, after they elected Obama, they thought they could go back home and relax. They didn't give him the down ballot that he needed. So we're really on an edge here. And I will constantly remind you, because as I said, I am not giving up going after the Donald. Uh, if they change the right people in the right agency, I hope to make my point. So with that, I'll tell you good morning to all of you. Lisa, it's great to see you. Warren, Michigan. Uh, great place, Michigan. I've been there a couple of times. Uh, I made the sides in pumpkin pie. Now that's different. I love pumpkin pie. Pumpkin's available year-round, but pumpkin pies aren't. And I found I had a neighbor whose daughter makes the most fantastic sweet potato pie, okay? And I am enslaved to eating sweet potato pie. But if I didn't get it, I had a nice Italian bakery where I picked up, these are New Yorkers who make the greatest cheesecake. 
they had a pumpkin cheesecake, a small one. That was my save in case I needed it. Lisa, Connie Francis, who saw, you're right. I never remember the names, but yes, she had that nice warble in her voice who sounded tragically like, who's sorry, I'm crying, but you're going to be crying. Biden should fire them. Again, as I said, Trump has invoked certain things to change their classification so he could get rid of them. And then he's classifying the replacements differently. So it's harder for Biden. Biden should reverse everything he did. I agree with you. Don't worry about being right. Worry about cleaning up the garbage. The man took a crap in the White House. Make sure you take pictures of it and let everybody know you're cleaning up his crap. Not, I inherited a mess. No, he crapped all over our government. Again, uh, all of you, whoever's listening, whoever's out there, not only have a good holiday, but be good to all your friends, all your neighbors. This is a country who honors people who want to be here, who want to work, who want to share. You don't have to live with everybody, but you have to give them their space just as you want yours. And that's what always impressed me about our country. And uh, my alter ego's here today. She'll give you some interesting stuff. So why don't I stop babbling and turn it over to her right now? Go. Good morning. One moment. We're going to play a little something for the audience, and then I'll come back in. for the delay. So good morning, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the uh, little song, I'm a Great Pretender, and Donald Trump. He is a pretender. He's a full of brush man. He's the one who invented fake. He's fake, just like the George W. Bush with his... Uh, uh, WMD lies, uh, Trump is fake. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. I hope everybody had a great holiday. Um, you know, we almost didn't do the show today, but I believe that the show must go on regardless of a holiday or not. You know I'm a historian. I like to think about history. want to talk a little bit about Aaron Burr. Reminds me a lot of Mr. Flynn, who just got off with treason, criminalities, pardoned by a president who only believes in murderers and liars and crooks. And these are the people that he lets out into society because it doesn't matter about the country itself. And it's not just him. It's the entire Republican Party. So when we talk about Trump, we got to talk about the party. We can't separate the two. Aaron Burr, born in 1756, died in 1836 was born in New Jersey to a very prominent family, was a politician and a lawyer, served in New York as a lawyer, was part of the Continental Army uh, in the American Revolutionary War in 1775. Um, he actually was elected to the Senate in 1791, and he served until 1797. 
uh, he ran, actually, uh, to be president of the U.S. The Electoral College, which is the reason why I talk about the Electoral College a lot, there was a tie between Jefferson and Burr, and the House of Representatives decided in Jefferson's favor. So he then became the vice president because he got the highest, uh, second highest votes uh, during the election. So it's a very interesting and twist. back then, that's how you got your vice president. You didn't have him on the ticket with you. It's a very interesting twist of how we have evolved from what started to where we are at. One of the interesting things about Burr was uh, he killed Alexander Hamilton in 1804 in a duel. He was also charged with treason, arrested in Alabama in 1807, charged many times, and each time that he went to court, he was acquitted. Now remember, here we go, a prominent wealthy guy. He actually served in our Senate. And he was our vice president. So, of course, the jurors were not going to convict him. That's the problem that we have in America today. When Mueller was doing his investigation, it was obvious that Flynn and all these guys, including the president, had committed treason. Actually, the president was being investigated as being an agent of Russia. And the charges were suddenly dropped. The investigation stopped. So there are things out there, people, that unfortunately the average person doesn't understand and is so enamored of wealthy people and power that they don't have a problem taking your son or your daughter and putting them in jail forever for stealing a piece of bread, but they have a problem with criminals like Aaron Burr, Mike Flynn, Donald Trump, Mr. Bannon, uh, 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 and all of these guys, and I think the electorate needs to start thinking, voters, if you really want this country to evolve beyond where we are, you need to start holding people accountable and stop sitting as a juror and being so enamored of them that you let them go, that you disregard their behavior. And then they come in front of the television and tell you how America is a country of second chances, and God is there to forgive us. Well, if that's the damn case, then the average uneducated working stiff should have those same damn opportunities. But we as individuals do not give it to them. So remember Aaron Burr. You really need to go and read about this man, the things he did against our country. By the way, when he was acquitted for the third time of treason, he fled to Europe for many years and lived there and then returned in 1812 to study, and not to study, to, to practice law and, and a host of other things that he did. In the end, he died as a pauper in a freaking boarding house. But look at how many years of destabilizing the country back then he worked just like Donald Trump has done and will continue to do. Him and the entire Republican Party will continue the nonsense they started. And whose fault is it? Only the voters. The voters are at fault for putting him and a Republican Party in place and allowing them to be criminals and continue to be criminals. So remember Aaron Burr. Second thing, uh, do you have something to say? Because I, no, I was going to say, mm -hmm. if you go throughout history, 
even in the United States, the wonderful country that we are, humanity has a habit of trying to be nice to the underdog. Uh, it makes them feel better. Uh, and it's stupid, because if somebody has caused your government, your country, to be diminished and didn't care about you, you should want to see them serve their time, period. Not the petty person who had to steal a loaf of bread because he was hungry. Not the person who, you know, sold a, a little bit of drugs because he had a little bit of drugs that he could sell and he gets put away for life. We do not utilize humanity, as I said, our most important resource. Let's elevate them. Let's incentivize all the children that are born in this country and grow up. And when I say born in this country, I'm not bringing up that birth thing because that's another thing that has to be changed, but changed the right way. So let me let our uh, alter ego, my alter ego, not our. And I will say this, and then I'll go on to the next topic. I will say this, uh, people. One of the things that I, I, I get annoyed every time I listen to politicians, the media, the hypocrisy of the fact that we keep saying this is not who we are. Well, that's a lie. That tells me that people do not know the history of this country. They don't understand how the Constitution is set up. They don't understand the politics, whether it's state or federal. And they are just romanticizing things. Yes, this is exactly who we are. Criminals, corrupt, we lie, we cheat in this country. However, with all of its fault, it is worth fighting for and worth trying to make it better. But we should not live in a fantasy world like we do with uh, 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 these um, uh, country and western movies. We glamorize the lies of the you know people who came and settled in this country who were murderers they murdered the american indians they stole their lands they they did some atrocities to the mexicans who were here first half this country was a mexican territory they owned it they were here first what we've done to blacks to slaves to chinese and we romanticize all of this, that the cowboy and Indian, the cowboy was always right, and they were wonderful individuals. No, they were not. So I bring these wonderful historical things because I think that it's lacking in this country that people are not focusing on how we can move forward and evolve and accept our truth and, and be better at what we do. So that's the only reason why I bring it up. Plus, I like history, and I think without history, you cannot understand where you stand today and what you need to do to move forward to tomorrow. The next thing I want to talk about is our wonderful Supreme Court. They ruled against New York putting virus restrictions in areas where it, there's an uptick again of the COVID. And here's the problem, people. You're going to have uptakes when you allow visitors to come into your state, whether by plane or by car or whatever the heck they're doing. And the fact that people don't realize that the country will not get better if you can't follow one lousy, simple thing of putting your damn mask on. A public place you don't own. All of us own it. You only own your private space. 
your house, in front of your house. That's what you own. You can do whatever the hell you want to do in it. But you don't have a right to decide that I'm not going to follow these rules because you're infringing on my rights. What rights? Show me in the Constitution where it tells you that the public place, you can do whatever the heck you want. Show me in the Constitution where it says that you can mix church and state. It's supposed to be separate. Tell me why rabbis and why ministers and why popes and everybody else, and I don't know all the structure in the Catholic Church, have decided that it's okay to infect people, that everybody should congregate and not wear a mask, because somewhere in your Bible or in the Talmud or in the Tanakh, show me where it says that God says that you should disregard these things. There is no place that they can do that. How idiotic can people be to go into these places and listen to these men or women allowing you to not only get sick but infect other people? So now we get a Supreme Court who has decided to overrule, yet again, state right, state's right, based on religious freedom? And let me say, I'm going to point out the hypocrisy in all of this. Donald Trump did not take his authority seriously and lead the fight against the pandemic. He openly said... Let the governors all uh, go find the supplies they need. Let them bid on it. Let them run their own. Let them do it by themselves. And now the Supreme Court, which is part of our federal government, steps in to say, well, no, this, the governors can't decide what's happening in their areas. That's the hypocrisy of it all. That's the Supreme Court we now sit with. And remember, people, remember, voters, you are at fault for the 200 Nazi Republican federal judges that have been appointed by Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and the three sitting in the Supreme Court today. So all of these things that should be looked at as for the good of the overall country, for the good of the people, it's not happening because they're allowing their personal feeling of destroying America and retaining power, the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant power. It's, this is all this is about. It's not about schools and equality. It's about retaining power, your guns and religious, so-called religious freedom, but only one type of religious freedom, because it's not for uh, uh, Muslims, or not even Jews, I don't even know why the Jews are going along with any of this, uh, and it's not for Catholics, remember that. And so you have got to start focusing on the fact that at all levels of government, what the Republicans have done, and I, and I argue with my, your co-host all the time because I play chess and I'm a strategist and I understand and get Donald Trump and his party quite well. They played the long game. They actually put things in place to hamper any Democrats coming behind Trump, whether in the presidency or in the legislature, at all levels of government. And instead of the Democrats trying to pick off state by state by state, 
the way the Republicans have been doing for 40 years and definitely when the Tea Party came into being, right? Here we are today with this issue of states' rights being taken away, especially in the northern states, if you notice what's been happening with these cases. Let me just quickly say good morning to Paul Garcia. Uh, being all smiles because Trump is miserable, no. Trump has accelerated. That's what I said at the beginning of my show. Trump has accelerated the plans that he had Miller and other people laying out for when he got reelected to further dethrone every part of our government so that before a year was out, he would be in charge as a dictator without the title because he doesn't need the title if he takes the power. So he's not miserable. He's going to make all of us miserable, and we still have to work to clean out the crap we allowed him to do. And Lisa, yes, mask up. I've been saying it from the beginning when I knew this virus and I started reading about it. And the one thing I said to everybody, the only thing I know until they come up with a cure or a treatment is that the mask works. It's a preventive thing. It's like if I have a bad cut on my hand and I clean it, I put a Band-Aid over it so garbage can't get in it. Or I don't have things dripping out of it on other parts of my body. A mask makes so much sense. But then if you allow people... They make the mask the issue. And Trump is great at deflecting people by making something else the issue while he does what he wants to. So in this next year, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that comes out and gets open. Trump will deny it. But put your head on, think about it, and understand this is why we have to be more vigilant as citizens, I've told everybody, we all equally own one share of America. We're as strong in our ownership of it as a millionaire or billionaire. When we band together and exercise our rights to do what we want, we stop people from doing what they want us to have. That's the freedom that this country gave us, that it's our turn to protect. So I want to talk about <coughs> Representative Clyburn, and I title this Shortfall. I do want to bring one little thing up right quickly about Aaron Burr. You don't have to go back to him. But in 1779, he helped the new Jeffersonian Democratic Republican Party. If you recall, I've done a lot of historical uh, pieces on this show, and I talked about when this country started, there was no Democratic and Republican Party. It was just the Republican Party because this is a republic. And it split off when you had some Republicans who decided they wanted a king. They wanted to run a country like a king, and actually the others did not. Hey, we came here. We don't want a king. We just fought a war to get rid of a king. And that's when you started getting a split in the party. But it was still called Republican, even though they split two sides. So I'm bringing up Mr. Clyburn. Much appreciate what he did. I am a Democrat. Uh, 
and I wish the Democrats would operate in similar ways like the Republican, get some balls, be tough, be in their faces, and have the same damn messaging instead of being splintered. But not because I'm a Democrat would I do like what Republicans do and not call out things that I don't like or I see or I think is detrimental. Biden is not in the presidency as yet. We still have to get the electoral college to vote him in and certify him. You have a president who's making deals with different states trying to put in the electors that he wants because he did it with Hillary Clinton in 2016. Two states flipped and gave him the vote instead of Hillary, which is the way it should have gone. So we should not sit here celebrating. I have yet and will not celebrate Biden's presidency because I understand what can happen and what is happening and what they can do. And Democrats, instead of being out there protesting, making calls, and making sure that none of this happens, we are so busy sitting back thinking we've won the war. You have not won the war, and you're not going to win the battle this way. Mr. Clyburn has decided that now we have to have blacks in every damn position. You got your VP, now you want more, okay? And you're trying to pull people from the House of Representatives. They lost eight damn seats, people. Eight seats hampers the Democrats in the House because now they don't have the majority for the stuff they need to get done. Please, voters, well, get it through. They don't, they don't have it. So they, by losing eight seats, and now you're trying to take Democrats out of the House to be in cabinet positions, or you have AOC running around pulling, trying to pull people out of the Senate to be in cabinet position. Some of these people are in Republican freaking states. What do you think the Republicans are going to do? They're going to put a Democrat to replace a Democrat? Hell no. They should be pulling no one from the House or the Senate at this moment in time to be anything in Biden's world. And we as Democrats and liberals need to stand together and not, you know, go scrambling, splintering everything, knowing that he's got a very, very hard situation ahead of him. He's got to undo and unwind and find the, the, the money that has been stolen over and over again. He's got to unwind some of these things that are hurting us, whether it has to do with air quality, whether it's got to do with water quality, whether it's got to be do with SNAP program, feeding our kids, taking care of our communities. All of that he's got to unwind. And he's got to do it only one way, executive orders. And he's got to disregard the noise of people getting upset because he's doing executive orders and people doing like they did with Obama, very ungrateful voters. They did the same crap with Obama. He's not doing anything, never thinking you didn't give him the damn Senate and you didn't give him the House. So tell me how he's supposed to do it, no matter how much he tries. Biden is in the same situation, people. You can't be celebrating and you can't be asking for all these things when the man hands it tied. So I just 
want to bring that up because I'm not happy with Clyburn. I'm not happy I'm at not the up. moment with AOC and all these people making freaking demands and not looking at what needs to be done first no, when no, he gets in. No matter who's elected president, male, female, brilliant, not, white, black, pink, it doesn't matter. There will be no one from this earth or even from a neighboring planet that you put in as president and then you expect them overnight, even before they're in office, to cure every ill that's been bothering you. What you need is someone to get in and run the ship correctly, not balance. You might as well go out to every major corporation and say, well, you don't have enough CEOs that are females. You don't have enough people on your neighborhood board who represent this group. This is life. It'll change over time if we're smart, if we work together. And you know what? You're looking for fair representation because in general, when you look at our history, because I also do study history, you didn't see things happen in a fair manner. So you feel that if I put a balance of all the people that are here now in there, that that'll balance it out. It'll be better. Uh-uh. Thurgood Marshall was the first black Supreme Court justice. He was a guy who cared about people and rights and wrongs. Clarence Thomas, he couldn't, in my book, shine Thurgood Marshall's shoes. Absolutely. I don't care that he's a black man. That isn't representation if I was a black person. I need someone who treats all of us equally and properly. I don't need a color. I don't need a gender. I don't need a sexual orientation. And when you push it at the beginning because you want to rise up, you're cutting off your own throat because as my alter ego said, if you start to pull people out of the Senate and the House, you're going to have a president whose hands are going to be tied. Let the man get in office. Let him choose the people that he wants. I am proud of the people he chose. John Kerry, he put him in a job that he knows he doesn't need congressional approval. And he's well qualified to work on climate because he has a great background in it. Let Joe Biden, who's been around for 50 years and knows how the government runs, let him try and run the job to make our country operate more properly. And I want to remind the voters out there, liberals, Democrats, independents, whatever you want to call yourself, stop flip-flopping. He's going to need eight damn years. Four years is not going to do it to unwind the damage that's been done here, to right the ship. I dislike AOC getting on TV talking about we can't go back to old policy. You've got to fix the damn country, AOC. Learn your damn job. Learn how to work with people. You're in Congress. You're not in the Senate. You really don't have that much power. And her pronouncement of we can't go back to old policies is based on the basic understanding of the Constitution as originally written that we're all created equal. So what is she doing? She is going back with what she's saying, but she wants us all overnight to realize that she's right. I've known there's an imbalance. That's what life is all about, dealing with the imbalances, making sure in your neighborhood or your country or your group that you stand up for justice and make sure that people understand 
what's right and what's wrong. And, and you don't let people get away with crap. So I want the voters that voted for Biden, you need to lower the chatter. The only thing I want Biden to do right now is fight that bastard. Not be quiet, come out with your gloves fighting, and anyone else, Democrat or whoever, who's trying to put you in a position and make it like you got to now fix what they didn't do in the four years that Trump was in, where the hell was AOC and all of these individuals? Where were they? Where were the marches? Where were you going out telling people all the things that we were losing? You said nothing. You're too busy talking about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, frankly speaking, if you read the history on the man, has done really nothing in the Senate. Okay, you can't talk about things free this and free that. Somebody's got to pay for it. You've got to find a damn balance. This is not about smoking pot, young people. That's why you like Biden, because I mean uh, Sanders, because you thought you could have free pot and you can smoke away and you can go to school and pay for nothing. Life is not about having everything for free. It, there's only 1% of the population that's wealthy and their kids just sail through life, you're not in that position. We're paying for their kids sailing through life, okay? So please, you got to start thinking about what has been done here and what needs to happen before you start doing all this, I want, I want, I want. What you should be doing for the next four years is pressuring the Senate, pressuring at the local level, to make sure you participate in elections every two years in your state, change the state legislatures, change the governors of these states. Do you know how many Republican governors we have? They're in the majority in this country. You gotta get them out. And if you get them out, you can get what you need at the federal level. Not the other way around. Every four damn years, you just vote for a president. It's ridiculous. Let me say hi to Millie, Millie Carrara, if I'm pronouncing your name right, I hope. And uh, we do make this accessible to the public. I pay for just the broadcast time that we use, and family contributes some of the technical knowledge we need. So, and yay, Lisa. I, I wouldn't have an alter ego that doesn't speak their mind. They don't have to agree with me, but that's what I believe in. Life is getting along with people, having different viewpoints, and understanding how everybody else feels. If it was simply, I'll tell you what to do, where's the fun in life? There is no reality, there is no freedom. So believe me, Alter Ego and I can get into strong arguments. No problem, thank you. Uh, let's go on with the other topics because we're gonna run out of time. So I want to talk about Dianne Feinstein. Like I said, I may sit here and talk about the Republicans, but when there are things that are something we got to talk about the Democrats, that's what we got to do, right? We got to stand with our party, but we have to recognize when there are things that are not right. 87 years old, and here's the problem I've had with the Democratic Party for many years. You haven't taught and put young people in place to take over that's one of the things that the Tea Party did, and they did brilliantly. They started picking off these old people. They started changing state governments, and the Democratic Party didn't pay attention. 
Now, why is she stepping down from the top judiciary position she has held for so many years? And this is the part about the Democratic Party I hate. Weak, weak, weak. You get criticism because of the hearing of Miss Amy Coney Barrett, and you got all these people criticizing the way she handled it, and you don't know how to fight back. Instead, you want to step down. So she's stepping down from the position. Dick Durbin is going to try to run for it and maybe others. But here's what I'm saying. I don't mind you saying, look, I'm 87 years old. I'm old. Let's have somebody else. No, you're stepping down because you couldn't take the pressure of the Republicans who were criticizing you. Who the F gives a damn about them? Why are we concerned about Trump supporters and anybody else? Why are we doing this? You're taking away the, the, the talent and you're stepping down for the wrong reasons. Either way, let's hope Dick Durbin or somebody else gets in who's strong enough in the way they're going to handle things. But I'm just saying, don't step down because the other side is pressuring you. Step down because it's time, you want to, you're moving on. I have to say, here's one of the times the, my alter ego and myself definitively disagree. Diane Feinstein has been around for a long time. I think if you go back and look at her history, she was the mayor of, I believe it was San Francisco at one point. She almost got killed in her own office by someone who was angry about discrimination, the rest of it. Look, we've come a long way. And Diane Feinstein has done a lot of good things. She's a pretty strong person. But like a lot of people, this is where I do agree with my alter ego. You don't train your replacement. You don't bring enough other people who are there in case you have to leave. But she also, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is 87. Ruth Bader Ginsburg kept trying to live till we got our next president. She didn't make it. Diane Feinstein knows we've got the next president. So she's trying to step aside after she maybe waited too long. She's at least deciding to give a shot. And Dick Durbin is a guy in Congress who is very smart. He's more polished. You don't see him get rattled, but he is extremely strong in how he does. That's what you need for dealing with people like Mitch McConnell and a lot of the firebrands that are out in some of the other parties. So I disagree. I don't care what her reason is. I'm glad she's getting out of the way now before she dies and we have another big funeral and decide what are we going to do about it. And I don't disagree with the, with the host. I am totally in agreement. A lot of these older people need to start, start stepping aside because they're not capable of fighting in the world and environment that we're living today. What I am saying is I don't like Democrats stepping down or moving aside because the opposing party or somebody else didn't like the way you participated in the hearing and they step aside because it's the right thing to do at this moment in time. And I agree. Ginsburg, I couldn't be, I was upset with Ginsburg. I'm going to be very honest with you because she didn't give the seat to Obama. She refused to leave. Then she freaking dies in the middle of the Trumpism. Like, who do you think these Republicans and what do you think they were going to do? So we lost the seat because somebody wasn't willing, old, sick, 
and everything to step aside. And I will point out, even though I will get it thrown back in my face and argue to my alter ego, that she just sounded like AOC making her point of why we can't wait and we waited too long and we better do it now while we have a chance to even talk about it. You know what? We all make our guesses of when to do things and why, but as I said, the people are starting to speak out more. That's what we need. We need us to get together, to walk in the streets, to say no when people do things that we don't like, because we're going to go through a lot of crap in the next few years. So let's talk about what Trump and his loyalists are doing. That's going to make it even more difficult for Biden. Nobody thinks about this. He's, the host talked about it earlier, the reclassification of job titles so that his criminals can stay in some of these positions and it'll be hard. It won't be hard, just fire them. But what they mean is that the entire Trump supporters will come out on TV talking about how unfair they're being treated. And that's how they've been winning for all these years. They keep saying that and Democrats keep, instead of fighting and standing up and saying the hell that's not true, they let them go ahead with their little talking points. So he's doing that. He's pardoning every criminal that's out there. Anybody that knows all the treasonous acts that he's committed against America, he's partnering those individuals. Uh, so there's a lot of things going on. His son-in-law got $800,000 of our money that we are 800 not, million. 800 million, I'm sorry. $800 million of our money that we, the American public, will now be responsible for so he can continue investing in real estate. Imagine that. Warren so, Buffett even partnered with him in that deal. So another billionaire who probably doesn't give a shit about America. Who people think of as nicer. He just cares about how much money. And of course, the banks wouldn't lend him. But since the government is backing his side deals, now we, the public, are going to be responsible for that. Look, at the same time, you had Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, pull four... $455 billion out of one place in the government, putting it somewhere else so Joe Biden couldn't come in and use it for what it was originally put there for, for helping people through the economic hardship during the pandemic. So this is why I... Recognize what these people are doing and setting us up for, because we're going to have a rough ride. So this is why I say... Trump loyalists, supporters who go out there and say that Democrats are keeping the president and kept the Mitch McConnell from giving us relief. That's a big lie. Just go read. What's wrong with reading and looking at the bills that they have passed in the House trying to help everybody? Because they're not like Trump. They're not just doing it for the southern states and doing it for the midwestern states while punishing the northern states who pay all of this money to support all of these states to be welfare queens because that's what they are. They're poor and they don't care. They vote for Republicans and then complain that the Democrats are keeping you from anything. How can that be if you have the majority? How idiotic is that kind of logic? I don't even get it. So I just want people to understand it's going to get worse. I want to talk about one other thing.
and I call it how the Democrats, liberals, progressives, women, and black men have failed Biden. How do you get almost, what, 80 million votes? You get 80 million votes. Think about this, people. And you don't get 80 million votes up and down the ticket. So you don't get the Senate, and you lose eight seats in the House. I blame the Democratic Party for not pushing enough the importance of having the Senate and the House retaining full power. I blame the voters who just voted to get rid of Trump but didn't vote to give Biden the power he needed to make the true changes that we're looking for. So women, more women voted for Trump this time around than the last time. I find it hilarious. 22% of black men voted for Trump. I guess they like being shot in the back and not be given anything. All they wanted is to try to feel like they're men where they're in control of their women. I have no clue what the heck they were thinking about. 36% of Latinos voted for Trump. I have no clue why. I guess you are uh, 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 a drug addict, you're a rapist. You're all these things that he assigned to Latinos over and over and over again. So we got to think about the fact that 77 million people believe in his and Mitch McConnell's policy, and 80 million who voted for Biden, a whole lot of them believe in those same policies because they just voted to put a man to sit on a seat and not be able to do anything, and then you're going to bitch and moan and complain about everything that's not being done because you don't understand where the power in this government sits. It sits in the damn Senate. If you don't give him that, and he doesn't have the people in the House, how are you going to legislatively do anything, change or unwind anything? You've got to collaborate, and now you're going to have to make deals. And when he makes the deals, as voters, as supporters, we can't get angry because anybody that works in corporate America knows that all we talk about is collaboration, collaboration, and working together and coming into uh, some agreement. You cannot work in a damn silo. You didn't give him what he needed, so he's going to have to make deals to get things done. In fact, the funny part was they did, as they went along for the presidential election, talk about getting more control or equalizing the Senate. They were stupid enough to believe that the public who gave them the House and saw that for the last two years, Nancy Pelosi and the House passed things and forced Congress, and you would not have maybe had the CARES Act that gave you the money last year during this economic thing, because Trump won't let any money out of the Treasury. It's his cookie jar. So... I guess the Democrats expected that once you figured it out in 2018 that you're going to vote the House back in instead of giving some of it back to the Republicans. And then you didn't give them the Senate. So we're standing on the middle of a point where it can go either way. And then we're going to wonder why we put this guy in who's got all this experience. I hope, as I've said to many people, 
that Biden's been in government 50 years of his life almost, that he's going to find ways to make some deals to get things done. Otherwise, we just wasted an election, period. Be ready for the next one because they're going to try and tell you how, look, Biden did nothing. Put us back in. Absolutely. And it could be Trump again. It could be one of his sons. It could be any one of these bastards that have gotten pardons and everything else. you got to be prepared, America, for making sure that you are prepared for the next four years down the road and not be sleeping. So I want to talk about, before I talk about my last topic, I want to make sure that you follow us on Stitcher, on Google Play, on, on the Spotify. various podcasts that we have, on Spotify. Uh, if you have to reach we the are, host. We are AE, the word equals, uh, MC, and the word squared. You'll find us on Facebook or uh, uh, Instagram. Uh, again, our email is AE, the word equals, MCSQ at gmail.com. Get to the next topic because it's important about the Georgia election and stuff. Right. And everyone that's out there, you need to start calling Clyburn and all these guys that they don't take people out of the House and the Senate for the Biden presidency these first four years. We cannot lose seats in any one of these chambers. The Georgia election, if you can donate, please donate, please, I'm begging you. If you're not in Georgia, that's what you got to do. If you're in Georgia, you got to get up and you have to go out and vote. Young people who are turning 18, go and register so that you can vote on January 5th for those two Democratic seats. We need them. And I want to talk about one other thing. I'm going to make it fast. The Democrats, or I should say the House of Representatives, just gave a Pakistani family of five. They had a company, IT company, that they've been in there since way before Trump got in. And when Trump got in, he started his smear campaign, went to Putin, told Putin that it was the Pakistanis that hacked these groups of people that were working for various Democratic House members. They were the ones that hacked the email, that they're traitors, they're treasonous. The inspector general was in on it. So was uh, 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 the, 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 not Barr at the time, but the guy before Barr and then Sessions. after Barr. Sessions. They were all in cahoots to bring these guys down. So what happens? The Democrats, because they threatened after the Democrats won the House, to sue every Democratic <laughs> legislator for the fact that they were discriminated against by the Republicans, they were fired, they were smeared, and they just paid out $850,000. Now, why do I get upset about this? Nobody can give reparations to black for all of the things that white America has done to black. They burned down Wall Street, Black Wall Street. Where is that reparation? They killed that wonderful owner of a grocery store, him and his three partners, they hung them in Chicago because they were competitive and they were out doing the white supermarkets. All of these things, yet you can come up for $850,000 to a group of Muslim IT people with no problems 
but you can't come up with the money to in his, historically fix what has happened. And this is why I say you got to pay attention to what's going on. This has been very quiet. Nothing has been said. I would have let them sue. Go and sue Trump and everybody else who made your life miserable. Why are you looking to sue the Democrats? What did they do? And then to make matters worse, that same family, the head of that family lied on an application to get a home equity loan. They were charged, charged for lying and falsifying documents. So I think you have a case to just let them go ahead and continue for years trying to sue the government. But instead they settled. And so blacks, pay attention because you have black representatives sitting in the house and tell me why they can't systematically look at each situation that has happened over the years and say, okay, this is what should be given for this incident where nobody went to jail and they lost their way for being able to be economically independent. And I say this to white people, and I'm sorry, Lisa or anybody, please don't be offended. I'm just talking about history here. Every time you sit down and have the nerve to say, why aren't they doing better? You need to go back in history and remember, you took away their economic independence over and over and over again. You killed them, you killed their businesses, you burned down their neighborhoods, you took their lands. Sanford, Florida is a perfect example. Uh, 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 Winter Springs, it's a perfect example. Princeton, New Jersey, perfect example. You go down to South Carolina, perfect example of taking away the way of life of blacks and keeping them freaking economically poor. And then you have the nerve to ask, why aren't they on equal footing like you? And then $850,000 miraculously comes out of the house to give to a bunch of Pakistanis. By the way, when my older ego mentioned those states and those areas, what she's saying is when you find yourself downtrodden and you want to get your freedom and you don't want to be where people want to lynch you, kill you, burn you, and use you, you move someplace along the eastern coast. You can look up the Gulaguchi. The cities she's talking about, Sanford, annexed, annexed a city called Goldsboro, which was founded by blacks. They were living peacefully, doing the work that they could get, leaving everybody alone, just leave us alone. You want to talk about identity theft? They changed every goddamn name in the town of Goldsboro. Look up Goldsboro, Florida. Read the story. It was founded by a guy whose brother founded a place called Eatonville, the first legal black city that's still a black city, but still a poor little city that had its own corruption. You know, life goes on, but we've got to get smarter about not bickering with each other. Because the more you do it, the more guys like Trump loves you to be at each other's throat. I'm not saying love thy brother, but give thy brother the equal rights that you want. Let them live. Don't waste your time on it. We get to a point where we don't need an army because who's going to attack us? The guys that make their money supplying us? I mean, we've got to get smarter about this, people. Anyway, we're going to be winding up. We only have a minute or two left.
So my alter ego, any facts, any other things you want to say to wind up? Yes, I just want to say... We That's need... enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> we love being here. And Democrats, liberals, progressive, please, you have got to stay active. You've got to give the man a chance. You have to go back and look at the structure of your state 